Soccer Weekly ESPN LA. Hello, I am Dave Denholm, and you are listening to the home of world football here in Southern California. Special Friday edition on Soccer Weekly here with all the stuff going on here on ESPN LA 710. A reminder, the next couple of weeks we'll be in back on our Wednesday evening, but this is a beautiful Friday. What's on tap tonight on this Friday edition of Soccer Weekly is sponsored by Pocock Brewing. Visit PocockBrewing.com to see what's on tap right now in their tasting room. Pocock Brewing Company, embrace life, drink good beer. What's on tap? LAFC. Got a big game coming up tomorrow right here on ESPN LA 710. Saturday, kickoff at 12. Pre-game begins at 11.30 with Pablo Alcina, and I'm going to have the uh, play-by-play. It's a big game with Portland Timbers. Portland is red hot. We will certainly talk more about LAFC. What's on tap? LA Galaxy. Ole, ole, ole. Another th- third loss in a row at 3-2. to two. A fourth straight loss overall. Fifth loss in their last six as they were beaten on the weekend. Another 3-2 to two defeat. And they've allowed two or more goals in each of those five out of six losses. Out of the five out of the last six games and the four straight. Ugh. The defense is just dreadful. And i got to talk to you about LA Galaxy at 877-710-ESPN. 877-710-3776. Where do they go from here? Where do the Galaxy go from here? Now, three wins, what, six losses, one draw. Really should have lost to LAFC. Kudos to them for pulling it out. But, oh, man, can you imagine? What if that LAFC game would have just ended up like 3-0? Right? What if LAFC would have just put the clamps down? What if Siggy Schmid, like a minute later or earlier, would have just said, you know what, Zlatan, maybe it's not the day to bring it out. We're getting drubbed here. If LA, if LAFC wouldn't have given up that first goal to LA Galaxy to make it 3-1, what if it would have ended just 3-0? Holy cow. Think about what the LA Galaxy have done or not done this season. Where do they go? Well, of course, I'm going to give you an answer. You can have your own answer. Feel free at 877-710-ESPN, 877-710-3776 if you want to talk soccer here on Soccer Weekly with me, Dave Denholm, or on Twitter at, not coincidentally, Talk Soccer. we got the Yanks Call It Soccer at YCIS tweeting in with my T-shirt. I'm actually wearing their T-shirt, Mario. This is bad radio, but I got my Yanks Call It Soccer T-shirt on, and uh, they, they tweeted in, Zlatan is a waste. Well, no, that's patently wrong, frankly. And that's not my answer to what the Galaxy need to do. But I will tell you what the Galaxy need to do, and it's somewhat akin to what YCIS is saying. Do you know what the hottest thing about the LA Galaxy is? It's not Slaton going on the James Corden show to do cool bits, which were really cool. It's not Slaton going to get his driver's license and the, the social media that followed, which was really cool. The hottest thing about the LA Galaxy is a kid who can't even have his driver's license yet. 15-year-old Efrain Alvarez. If you don't know the name, you probably really do. And if you don't, you really should. Plays for LA Galaxy 2, Los Dos. Signed with a big club to make sure they didn't lose him earlier this year. Efrain Alvarez is the real deal at 15 years old. He is the best thing going about the LA Galaxy franchise. Scored two more goals earlier today in USL action for Los Dos. Had three goals last week and was the player of the week in USL, which is, of course, where Los Dos live. LA Galaxy 2 playing in the lower division. 
And, oh, by the way, he's got six goals, I think, in his last three games. Efrain Alvarez is the real deal. You want to know what the L.A. Galaxy should do? You should just bring him up. Now you say, Denholm, that's ridiculous. He's 15. What? Remember what happened to Freddie Adu? I don't care. He's the real deal. This team needs something beyond Zlatan standing up there and yelling at his teammates for not delivering the perfect ball. Everybody's frustrated. I get it. Yes, they need defensive help. No, the offense really hasn't been a problem. They need a spark. You think benching Michael Ciani and replacing him with Dave Romney is going to get me all giddy? No. When you're 3-6-1, and one, yeah, you know what? The, the quick fix, sometimes you need that. And it might not even fix anything. I get it. It's more about you just got to be you got to be re- relevant. You've got to be real. And yes, the Zlatan stuff is great. But you know what? The Zlatan stuff would be amazing if they were 6-3 and 1. When you're 3-6 and 1, it gets a little uh, yeah, Zlatan being Zlatan. I get it. Not as funny. But a 15-year-old wonder kid? Yeah. 15. You heard right. He's lighting it up. And go take a look at the goals he scored. Everybody was talking about the second goal. It was the first one that was amazing as well with the left foot. He did it with both feet in that game earlier against the Timbers 2. 877-710-ESPN. 877-710-3776. This is where the Galaxy are. That's what you take away from this story. The L.A. Galaxy are at a point where I'm telling you they should bring up a 15-year-old to spark some interest. I mean, let that sink in. This is a team that just signed Zlatan and got all they could out of him early, except they couldn't win. And again, when you don't win and the losses start piling up because your defense is atrocious, then the cute Zlatan stuff doesn't look as good, does it? And when the team that just started 12 miles away from you has, is on a six-game unbeaten streak while you're losing four in a row. Yikes. That's not a good recipe. Luis tweets in, at core underscore Jado says, hey, at Talk Soccer, the Galaxy need to hire Caleb Porter and a new young GM. Or a new old GM. <laughs> uh, you know what? It's perfectly acceptable. Look. I mean, I love Siggy Schmidt as a human being, and full credit to him for what he did the first time around with the Galaxy. Never going to forget that. But you just, look, something's got to give, right? This is professional sport. Somebody's got to pay for it. And that's just the facts. That's the cold, hard facts of the job. That's not even personal. That's not. It's never personal. I mean, sometimes it probably is in sports. Quite often, maybe eventually, it gets it gets to be a personal thing, but not right now. Siggy is a galaxy legend. It's not working. And then somebody, you know, a lot of people are going to point to, oh, it's the Dos Santos situation with Giovanni and all. Look, it's a World Cup year. Strange things happen in World Cup years, right? Especially with the Galaxy and MLS's schedule. Strange things. That's all I'll say. And I'm not insinuating anything. I'm not accusing anyone of anything, but... It has to be in these players' minds that that World Cup is just weeks away or months away, as it were, back when the season started. It does. They're human. And it's such a big deal.
deal, right? We know this. It's such a massive deal for these players to get to the World Cup and to make the World Cup and play for their countries. It has to be on their minds. 100%. It just does. That's human nature. Again, that doesn't make them bad people. It's just a fact. And, you know, speaking of the World Cup, we saw some of the rosters either get set or set out preliminary rosters. We'll talk more about that later on the show with Tom Marshall of VSPNFC, especially covering Mexico with Jonathan and Gio from the Galaxy and, of course, Carlos Vela making the preliminary 28-man Juan Carlos Osorio Mexico World Cup roster. Some guys are already set. Sweden, Gustav Svensson of the Sounders, he's in. Costa Rica is sending a lot of MLS guys, including Marco Arena from LAFC, Rodney Wallace, Ronald Matarita, both of NYCFC. Then you got David Guzman of Port- Portland, Kendall Waston of Vancouver, and Francisco Calvo, all going to be in there. He's from Minnesota United. Then you got Omar Gaber from LAFC. He's on the preliminary Egyptian squad. Stephen Betashore made the preliminary Iranian squad. So we'll see if those guys go as part of the World Cup squads. But still, an honor just to do that. And those rosters are getting set every day as we inch closer. It's a weird thing with the World Cup year. So don't completely write off the Galaxy season just yet. I'm not saying that. It's a long, there's a long MLS season. But they need a massive spark. And this kid has earned it. A 15-year-old, Efrain Alvarez, has earned it. This is not some gimmick either. And yeah, even if it looks like that, I don't care. They need a spark. They need some life. And I know their defensive issues don't get resolved by putting a 15-year-old attacker in. But they need life. Bottom line, 877-710-ESPN, 877-710-3776, the number for you to get involved. Still to come, more on LAFC, your thoughts on the Galaxy. You can hit me up on Twitter as well. A lot of people tweeting in there. The show continues, you know, even when we're uh, off the air after the show. You can pick it up on iTunes or whatever if you want to do the podcast, but you can also carry on the conversation with me on Twitter. The home of the show is at Talk Soccer. We continue on. This is the home of world football in Southern California. By the way, yeah, we've got a few uh, four packs of tickets to give away to the LAFC Borussia Dortmund game coming up May 22nd. You want to keep listening for that opportunity later in the show your chance to win those four packs of tickets to see Christian Pulisic and Borussia Dortmund take on LAFC in the first ever international friendly coming up at Bank of California Stadium just a few days away May 22nd so keep listening for that as well I am Dave Denholm and you are listening to Soccer Weekly here on ESPN LA 710 gotta bring a good little good feeling to the show little love train from the OJs a classic Let's start a love train for the L.A. Galaxy and the mess that they're in. If they want to right the ship, they want to turn around the train, make it a love train instead of a hate train lately with their fans. 15-year-old Efrain Alvarez. Bring him up. Bring him up from Los Dos, L.A. Galaxy 2. By the way, we talk about these goals that Alvarez is scoring. Two beauties today. Cracking goals against the Portland Timbers 2. In USL, the minor league, right? Or lower level, I shouldn't say minor league, but playing for LA Galaxy 2, Efrain Alvarez scores two brilliant goals. And it's two of the six he scored in the last three games. The Galaxy, Galaxy 2 lost 7-3 to three in that game. <laughs> 
So like big club, like small club there with a defense or lack thereof. Seven to three. So we know there's no defensive help on the horizon. Apparently. <laughs> uh, I'm so upset about that. I actually just gave myself the hiccups over it for crying out loud. That's not good radio, but unbelievable. So get the kid up. Bring him up here. The Galaxy need something. They need more just grit. Yes, that comes with defense. But you know what else they need? They need to be a story again. And you, the way you're a story is signing, signing a guy like Zlatan. Yeah, do all those fancy videos and be on the late-night talk shows. That's great. Doesn't have the impact when you're losing four straight games and three of those by a 3-2 to two score because your defense is just faltering. And Zlatan's playing well. Don't tell me he's not. He's doing fine. And I love the appearances on late-night shows. That's great. It doesn't have the same bite when your team is 3-6-1 and one and not 6-3-1 and one or 7-2-1 and one or unbeaten in the last six, like LAFC. And LAFC looking to go for a seventh straight unbeaten game when they take on Portland. You'll hear it right here on ESPN LA 710 or the ESPN app. It's an 11.30 pregame noon kickoff. I'll bring it to you on the kickoff here on ESPN LA 710. If you want to follow me, it's at TalkSoccer. On Twitter, you can send me your replies. If you want to chat with me, it's fine at 877-710-ESPN. Reminder, we got that giveaway coming up. Four packs of tickets to see LAFC take on Borussia Dortmund and Christian Pulisic coming up 7 p.m. on May 22nd. That's a Tuesday game. So just a reminder, you might be able to win tickets later on the show. 877-710-ESPN to chat with me about LA Galaxy. Soccer Weekly presented by Puente Hills Toyota. Get your new 2018 Toyota Camry SE today at Puente Hills Toyota. Check them out, PuenteHillsToyota.com. And uh, as always, tell them you heard it right here and you appreciate them supporting the beautiful game here in Southern California. It does help and it does matter. And those are the people we want to support, right? We love the beautiful game, no matter who you're a fan of. LAFC. L.A. Galaxy, Toluca, oh, my Toluca. I'll definitely be chatting with the Tom Marshall coming up at the bottom of the hour from ESPN FC. Tom covers El Tree, and he covers Liga Amekis, of course, in the Clausura Ligia final. The first leg was so good for Toluca to start. Oh, got that early goal. Well, not that early goal, but they got early chances. They were into the game on the road. Then they get the goal first but blow it with a couple of goals from Santos. And again, full credit to Santos. I mean, this was going to be a tough final. But my Toluca, come on. At least they got the road goal. And Arebe's been so spectacular, but he's going to have to play as well as he possibly can and as well as he's been most of this Clausura. He's got to get it done. They have to win. They're the better team. That doesn't always matter, right? We know that. But it was a good first leg for about 55 minutes for Toluca. Still sets them up. Trailing 2-1, but they got the road goal. And we'll see if they can get that done coming up this weekend in the Clausura second leg of that final. Full credit to Santos for coming back and getting those two goals at home to make sure they have the lead going into that second leg. And it's going to be... I mean, Toluca just flies around. I'm not afraid of this. I'm not afraid to be down 2-1 after the first leg. I'm really not. There's no way, though, that we know who's winning. It, it is the farthest thing from settled between these two sides. They're going to be flying up and down the pitch. 
And I cannot wait. That is going to be spectacular. My Toluca could actually get it done. Would you believe? And they've really had a, they really have been the best in my estimation in this Clausura overall, top to bottom, week in, week out, whatever cliche you want to use. It's been Toluca. They deserve to finish this off, but they got to get the job done. And Santos certainly, as I said, earned that 2-1 lead. Taking nothing away from Santos Laguna. Great club, and they're playing well, no doubt, especially with who they've beaten in the postseason. So we'll definitely have a chat with Tom Marshall coming up on that, as well as El Tree's lineup and their preliminary roster. And the thoughts on Rafa Marquez. I'll let you know how I feel about that coming up. It is time now, though. For one of our favorite segments, as always, here on ESPN LA 710. Oh, by the way, the home of Los Angeles Football Club. And it's time for what we like to call each and every week here. Are we ready for it, Michael, or do I have to keep stalling? Okay, we're quite ready. It's Black and Gold Breakdown. One, two, three, breakdown. It's the Black and Gold Breakdown. Breakdown. Break it down like this. Right now. You know, normally on this we stay extremely positive because there's been not there's been very little to criticize with LAFC, realistically. But I think it's appropriately named this week for one reason. The black and gold breakdown. Which is what LAFC had late in that game against NYCFC to give up the goal. It was a breakdown defensively. And that happens. And NYCFC is plenty good enough and they made them pay. And, you know, that does happen. But I think what it is, is it's a good thing that LAFC goes through that. I know it sounds crazy. You want to win games, of course. There is no such thing as a tie being just as good as a win or a moral victory. No, this is professional sport. But what it does is it, again, teaches a team that's still trying to come together as an organization and a team, teaches them some lessons, and it doesn't cost them a loss. You know what I mean? Like It's still a tough way to go out when you have a lead to one, but it doesn't cost you a loss. It costs you that dreaded draw, and it hurts. And it's a good way to learn that lesson. They've got to finish out games. Now, here's one thing that if you hadn't heard the game here on ESPN LA 710 or if you haven't seen any of these games, the beauty of Bob Bradley with this team is they are finishing out games or they're trying to. They are attacking at all times. It is a great, you heard me, great brand of football. Doesn't always come off, right? We know this. Man City didn't score four goals every game this year. It was a great brand of football. Now, I'm not sitting here telling you LAFC is every bit as good. I'm saying the brand of football is fantastic that Bob Bradley's putting out there, meaning they're not playing for the 1-0 and hope like Jose Mourinho. This is not park the bus. This is let's go out and outscore everybody, and when we get a lead, let's make sure defensively we're sharp enough to keep it. it happens most of the time so far this season. Obviously, six wins two draws, two losses, and a six-game unbeaten streak. But they got bit. They got bit by a very good New York City team. And that's part of the black and gold breakdown. I want to say NYCFC is good. Oh, they are good. They are loaded. Absolutely. So it's not the worst result I've ever seen. It's a tough way to go when you're winning until the 70-plus minute and you give up that tying goal and you just can't find the winner even though you had chances. But it's also, it's still very encouraging. And, you know, that is that is what you have to take away from this. I was in the elevator, leaving Bank of California Stadium after the game, running into owners and running into other people, like big shots around L.A. who were coming to the games. And we all just, the first thing you say is like, well, yeah, you know, 
A, yeah, that hurt. You don't want to see that. B, it was an incredible game back and forth between two very good teams. And C, these are really good teams, and that's a good sign for LAFC. And it also led me to think, and I don't know if Mario Mario Reyes, who produces this great show and is in charge of the broadcast, I don't know if you agree with me quite, Mario, but I don't believe this is not an expansion team anymore. Like they're past that, right? And you said A, B, C, but you forgot D. D. D is. I can't believe that we're mad that we had a draw with NYCFC. That's a great call. That is exactly that came up a lot. Yeah. Like, that was a good thing. Like, we're, we're ticked off that they lost a lead against a great NYCFC team. What a pleasure to watch David Villa do his thing oh, with and without the ball. With the things he without. did without the ball is amazing. It was, it was so, it's a, it's a, you know, being there obviously is something you don't see on TV all day. You don't always see David Villa in the screen. Yeah. But when you're actually watching, it's amazing. When you're watching him live, you're just like, wow. Don't, don't you dare point to like his age if you hate MLS and you're just like, oh, David Villa's too old or I dare you to watch him. Yeah. Live, the next time he's in town, you go see him or who? All these guys who are supposedly you know, Zlatan coming back for the ball the way he does, making that pass he did a couple of games ago. One look, just boom, right, yep. perfect. Via did that time and time and time again, breaking down LAFC's defense. They bent, and yeah, they broke a couple times. But man, what a game! Both teams were doing it back and forth to each other, and these are good teams. But Dave, I'm not gonna lie, I think you kind of did curse LAFC though. When you saw Tajiri Shradi come into the game, you called it. You said, watch out for this guy. Yeah. And what he, what did he do? You know, I've been watching these teams more. You the know, game. I mean, I love MLS. And this kid is Miles Tajiri Shradi, who's a new signing for New York City, who's been On red fire. hot. Then he got injured. Yeah. See? And people like kind of forgot about him a little bit. He missed three straight games. Of course, he comes back off the bench against NY, or New uh, LA for NYCFC. Against LAFC and scores the goal. I think that was the first time he touched the ball that game. Minutes after he came in, first touch, boom. Yeah. Back of the net. Made no mistake. Whatever cliche you want to use. And Tyler Miller had no chance on the shot. And boom, it was 2-2 and that was it. Both teams certainly had chances to win, which you love. But I will say that's the black and gold breakdown of all this. Is you're looking at a team. How amazing is this right now? Ten games in. And you're they're not an expansion team anymore. Like I can't look at them that way. They're too good. And I don't mean just like the record too good. The organization, they're just past it. They're past being an expansion team. It's not an excuse anymore. If they lose a game, it's not because, well, oh, they're still building, you know. Because you hear that about Minnesota United. You don't hear that about LAFC. Oh, well, they're still trying to figure it out. They're building. They're doing a certain. No. And you know what that does, though? That puts a very good sports Pressure on LAFC. You got to do it. You got to do it right now. 877-710-ESPN, 877-710-3776, the number to get involved. Also, you can tweet at us, at Talk Soccer. If you're loving the show, if you're hating the show, I can take it. It's fine. Whatever. We got some good uh, tweets flying in. One of them's coming from at uh, Gabe underscore Monto, good friend of the show, Gabriel, says about bringing up Alvarez. And I want to read this. This is good stuff. Efrain Alvarez, the 15-year-old who's playing for Galaxy 2 in USL, has been lighting it up, including two more wonder goals today. And did I say, oh, by the way, he's 15? You know, they made a big deal about Zlatan getting his license in L.A. a few days ago, right? On social media, it was fantastic. This kid can't get his license yet, and he belongs in the L.A. Galaxy main roster. 
This is Gabriel saying, about bringing up Alvarez, Dave, I was just telling someone they need to bring him up, not just for the story and positive vibes, but also to bring respectability to the academy, especially after dumping all of them in the offseason. It's a very fair point. But you know what? L.A. Galaxy 2, for all their troubles, they've got about three guys offensively who are dynamite. I love watching these kids. I watch it on ESPN+. Plus. I was watching the game. I am a nerd, yes. I was watching a 12 o'clock game on a whatever day it is, Friday, of a USL LA Galaxy 2 against Portland Timbers 2 at Providence Park, which is where LAFC will be playing tomorrow, and you'll hear it right here. I was watching that game on a stream on ESPN+, Plus, which is magnificent. And I, I couldn't help but be overwhelmed. I, yeah, I knew Efrain Alvarez is good. But a couple of these other guys, I don't even know their names. There's two or three that are magnificent offensive capabilities. So maybe the uh, academy is being built up quicker than we thought it would after last season's debacle for the L.A. Galaxy. A little homage there to Bill Cowher and the debacle. 877-710-ESPN, 877-710-3776. Hit me up on Twitter like Gabriel did and so many others of you are doing as we continue the conversation even after the show ends each and every week at Talk Soccer. I am Dave Denholm. Tom Marshall of ESPN FC will talk L3 and the Liga Amekis Ligia Clausura Ligia final. Second leg coming up this weekend. All that and so much more. He's up next. I am Dave Denholm. This is ESPN LA 710. Soccer Weekly on ESPN LA 710. I am Dave Denholm. This is the home of world football in Southern California. We're joined now by a friend of the show. Works for ESPN FC covering Liga MX and the Mexican national team. It's Tom Marshall. Tom, thanks so much for taking the time. Appreciate it, brother. No, no problem. Oh, always a pleasure to come on and talk a bit of soccer. Tom, we got to go right to my favorite team in Mexico, Toluca. And we'll start with Liga MX, the Clausura final with uh, Santos. The first leg... Uh, it looked so good for a while, and then it kind of fell apart in the end. Now, they do get the away goal, does Toluca, through Quinones, but then uh, the two late goals give Santos the advantage. What were your thoughts on that first leg as it played out? I, I think Toluca will be absolutely so disappointed. I yeah. thought, you know, within within six minutes, they, they should have been 2-0 two, two up. I mean, you know, Sambuesa hit the post, Quinones hit the crossbar. But, I mean, really, they, they both should have scored. I mean, they were, they were easy chances. So, I think Toluca will be desperately disappointed. But, I tell you what, credit to Toluca because I thought they came back from a poor first half. Um, and if there's one thing that's defined Santos Laguna this season, and especially in the playoff run, I mean, they've shown such heart. I mean, this is a team that's got, got past Tigre, the reigning champions, and then they've passed Club America, who were, who were you know, favorites to go through there. So, um, you know, don't write Santos Laguna off. I think that's the message. And, uh, and you know, really everything's set up, set up for, uh, you know, th- it's going to be such a, a tight second leg in Toluca and, and that little stadium up there. It's, it's such a, such an intense atmosphere. So um, all to play for on Sunday. I can't wait. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Toluca certainly, in my estimation, has been the most, I mean, the most thrilling team. Of course, I love them, so that's uh, easy for me to say. <laughs> but I do love their attack. I think they can get goals, certainly at home. Should be wide open, which we all love about Liga Mekis and the uh, Ligia going on. Always, always thrilling, no doubt. What has surprised you most, maybe, about these particular uh, playoffs in this Clausura? Yeah, I think the fight. I think you know, like I think especially Santos Luna, because yeah. you know, going into the playoffs, you look at Tigres and what Tigres have done over the last you know five six years, and I think they've been in the last three finals. I think four of the last five. I mean, Tigres really has been a dominant team. Um, in Mexico over the last few years. And then, 
you know, obviously you had Toluca who, who were absolutely amazing in the regular season, and then can they take that over into the playoffs? Um, but really, Santos has shaken things up. I mean, it's been pretty impressive for a team that really, you know, they had no rhythm going into the playoffs. They'd lost the last few, the last few before them. Um, and so, yeah, I'd say, I'd say the big story is Santos, and obviously they're taking a one-goal lead, and, and uh, yeah, there's really between them going into that second leg now. Indeed. We're talking with Tom Marshall of ESPNFC. He'll be at that leg, too, coming up on the weekend. So don't forget to check out his work at Mexico World Cup on Twitter, which we will get to shortly. But I do want to go back to League MX and a team, Tom, that uh, struggled during this particular uh, Clausura, uh, but realistically they had uh, both eyes on the Champions or the Champions League finals and the, all the build-up through that. It was Chivas. Now, <laughs> the rumors of Almeida, though, you know, and wouldn't he, wouldn't he want to stick around and get a shot at that Club World Cup? What's going on with Chivas as they get ready for that coming up later this calendar year? I mean, how, how long will we got? Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot going on at Chivas at the minute. I mean, basically what's happened is uh, there's been a lot of rumors about, you know, Jorge Vergara's uh, some financial difficulties, um, and, and it seems to be true because the sporting director of the club came out last week and said, uh, no, earlier this week, sorry, and said in a period of financial consolidation. Yeah. I mean, read into that what, yeah. what you will, but it seems like Chivas just simply don't have the money. And, and obviously, the, for someone like Matias Almeida, who you know, he brought the, this, the Chivas side the title in the Clausura 2017, he just won the CONCACAF Champions League. You know, this is a former Argentine international who played a long time in Europe, who's got a reputation over there. Um, he's not going to be short of offers. So I think Almeida right now is thinking... He loves the club. He's really identified with the city, with the fan base. But he's also thinking, what's going on here? I mean, if, 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 the, if the owners aren't going to invest in this team, then what kind of team am I going to take to the sure. Club World Cup next December? Um, so I think he, he must be a bit split right now about what to do uh, because the, the present situation at Chivas isn't looking so rosy. Yeah, I can't fault you. You bring up a good point. I can't fault him for going if it's going to be a better offer at a bigger club or a better club or with a better situation. We look at the situation with Mexico, with uh, Juan Carlos Osorio releasing the 28-man preliminary roster, so he's going to have to make a few cuts down off of this list. But, Tom, yeah. as I look at this list, we got to start with Rafa. Of course, that's the number one story. Rafa Marquez, can he make that fifth World Cup, which is just utterly amazing, especially for a field player? I just don't know... Tom, if he if he goes to the World Cup, I think you have to be willing to say that he's going to play. You don't bring a 39-year-old just for the experience and to sit on the edge of the bench when you have a team like Mexico that can use every player at their disposal. Juan Carlos Osorio is not going to quote unquote waste a spot on Rafa Marquez. He's going to if he goes, he's going to have to play, right? I mean, I think he's you know Osorio said if he's if he's going, then you know it's because he believes he can do something on the field. Yeah. Um, so I think, but I think his role right now is definitely not a, a centre um, a centre back. Uh-huh. I mean, Osorio sees him very much as kind of a holding midfielder. You know, for me, he's not a starting player right now. He's more of a player that, in certain game situations with twenty, thirty minutes to go, if you need that experience, you need somebody to keep the ball. Um, then Rafa Marquez is the guy to bring off the bench. But I don't should underestimate what Rafa Marquez means to Osorio um, and to the other players. I mean. This guy is almost like a, got like a godlike status among the, the other players. And with Osorio, just just a quick example. For example, um, after the the seven zero loss against Chile in the Copa America uh, two thousand sixteen, 
after that game, you can imagine the, the dressing room, the locker room, there's complete silence. And it was Rafa Marquez who actually spoke up. And Rafa said, right, this is on us, the players. Rafa didn't even play that game. And he said, this is on us, the players. And he said, we're backing Osorio. Um, and then the other, play- other players started to talk as well. And then they went and spoke to the press and they all backed Osorio. So his voice in that dressing room, you can imagine how Osorio would really want to bring somebody who he has that relationship with, who has stood up for him in such a, in such a critical time of, of, his, uh, of his period in charge of Mexico. So I don't think we should underestimate the, the authority um, and the respect that Rafa Marquez holds within within that dressing room either. You know what? Bring him immediately as an assistant coach then. That's fine by me. I don't know. I, we'll see. It will, <laughs> no, be, yeah. it will be interesting how it unfolds, Tom, with that one for sure. Let's take a look around the rest of the roster no major surprises for me in terms of these uh, players. They're all certainly fantastic players and certainly well-established for the most part. Is there anybody you look at who say who maybe people aren't thinking of as necessarily like the automatic kind of starter or anything, but who could really help this team if they get to that Russia, if they get to that roster? Is there anybody on this one that could really surprise people? Um, I think it's difficult. And, uh, you know, obviously, you know, Osorio, he's been quite... He's, the way his mind works is very kind of logical. Um, he's gone through this process. I mean, yeah. 66 players have been involved under Osorio since he took over in what November 2015. That's a, that's a lot of players. <laughs> he's seen a, seen what these, this this Mexican player pool can do, and so I think basically he's whittled it down. He's he's, he's narrowed it down to, to this to this group, and and really it's not that younger squad. I mean, this is this is a group. I think the majority were at the last World Cup. Um, and so it's not. I don't think we're going to see too many surprises. I think the, the players, the one that can have a massive impact, and I don't think it's much, it will be much of a surprise. But Irving Lozano, I mean, Irving Lozano, obviously he's, he's, he's been absolutely amazing over there with PSV in, in the Netherlands. Um, he's just changed agents as well. He's now got Zlatan Ibrahimovic's agent, uh, the super agent. So you know, someone like that gets involved with a player because they can smell a big move. Sure, sure. And I think Lozano, with a, with a really good World Cup, it could potentially uh, could potentially make that move. I think the other player to mention, uh, for those who don't watch much Mexican football, is Nestor Araujo, centre-back from Santos Laguna. Oh, I love um, him. Yeah, he is so yeah. tough. He is so good. I mean, I mean, for example, Osorio, he believes that if Mexico do well at this World Cup, Araujo is the next one to go to Europe. I mean that that's that's sure. his opinion of Araujo. So yeah, that, that, there's a couple of players that you know that are primed to to, to po- potentially do something big in Russia. All right, now we have to finish with the main question here for Tom Marshall of ESPN FC, who covers the, the Mexican national team El Tri. He's at Mexico World Cup on Twitter. Tom, the Dos Santos brothers are they going or aren't they? What in the world's going on with the LA Galaxy stars? I mean, there's not been much coming out. I mean, I mean, you guys probably know better than me, but it seems to be... Uh, these nagging injuries, Tom. These nagging injuries that just keep popping up with these two. Yeah, I mean, I honestly think Osorio that really wants to take him. You know, I think we saw we saw uh, Jonathan Dos Santos. I think he's very close now to fitness. Yeah. Uh, still a question mark over Giovanni. I mean, it seems like there's not been a lot of information given out, not just about the Dos Santos brothers, but also, you know, Diego Reyes is injured, um you know, Andres Guardado, but, um, yeah, with the Dos Santos brothers, I think, you know, I think when the squad came out, the number one reaction in, in Mexico was why is Giovanni Dos Santos in there and Rodolfo Pizarro from Chivas is not. Yeah. Um, that was, that was the, that was the number one take and the criticism. Um, and obviously I think Osorio really respects and appreciates 
Um, the fact that Giovanni's been to the World what three World Cups before, you know, that this guy has been part of the squad, this part of this group, really, and a star of the Mexican national team since, what, 2005 when he, when he won the Under-17s World Cup. So, um, yeah, I, th- I think if Giovanni Dos Santos is fit, He's 100% there. Yeah. I mean, I don't think there's, for me, there's no doubt about that. Well, that's that. just it, Tom. As, as Osorio knows, as you know, as we all know, as, as diehard fans of soccer, he offers, uh, Dos Santos, Giovanni can offer a touch of class that sometimes you need to win a game when maybe things are going against you or get a draw when things are going. He offers that touch of class that a lot of people don't have, quite frankly. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's that and it's the experience. It's knowing that you've been in that situation before, that, that huge pressure, I mean, even now, a month out from the World Cup, you can feel the expectations. You can feel the, you know, the, just the, the pressure. The, especially the Mexican fan base, just so desperate for for the team to, you know, to get past that, get past, get to the fifth game. I mean, um, and and I think Giovanni's he's dealt with that before, and, and you know what you're going to get from him. Uh, the, the, I mean, the only question with with Giovanni though is, you know, which Giovanni are we going to see? Are we going to see the one that? You know that we saw in 2017, or we're going to see that that old version, which I think everybody wants to see. That one that can, you know, can win a game on his own. So I think Osorio's really hoping that it's the uh, it's, it's it's the latter version of Giovanni that that Mexico are going to see. Tom Marshall, ESPN FC covers uh, Liga MX and L Tree for ESPN FC. You can check him out on Twitter at Mexico World Cup. Tom, always a pleasure. Thanks so much. Enjoy your football. Thank you very much, and uh, yeah, thanks a lot for the invite. You bet. Tom Marshall, ESPN FC, appreciate his work there, as always. One thing that uh, we, didn't, we didn't even get to, because there's no doubt about it, Carlos Vela is red hot and ready to go for El Tri, and I cannot wait for that. Uh, it's, we're only talking less than a month. I mean, we're talking hours away from the World Cup, and I appreciate Tom getting us pumped up for El Tri as we get ready for Russia 2018. I am Dave Dunholm. This, uh, by the way, the giveaway It's coming up next. This is the home of world football on ESPN LA 710. Not only is this the best soccer show in all of the sports radio world, and I mean the world, and you know that. It's a great podcast on iTunes immediately after the show. The great Michael Funches gets that going. You can download it on iTunes, your podcatchers. Subscribe, rate, and review to Soccer Weekly. I appreciate that. It's time to reward you, the listener. We've got three Four packs of tickets to give away for LAFC taking on, yeah, Borussia Dortmund, 7 p.m. on May 22nd. It's coming up on Tuesday. You can win a four-pack of tickets. Three people are going to win those four packs if you're the first three callers at 877-710-ESPN, 877-710-3776. Mario Rees is standing by. I've always wanted to say that. Waiting. If you want to call in, you can win a four-pack of tickets. You and three of your best soccer buddies can go to watch Borussia Dortmund come to town, the first-ever international friendly at Bank of California Stadium with LAFC. Christian Pulisic, you know the drill. 877-710-3776. 877-710-3776. We want to reward you, the loyal listeners. By the way, later on in the year, I'm going to be giving away tickets to LAFC out of my own pocket. My own tickets. Coming up later on in the year, so you'll always want to stay tuned. The next two Soccer Weeklies are coming up on Wednesday. Next Wednesday and the Wednesday after that. Don't forget. Time now for our L.A. Care Injury Report. This health report on Soccer Weekly is sponsored by L.A. Care. is the nation's largest community-inspired health plan. L.A. Care is elevating health care in the City of Angels. L.A. Care. For all of L.A., L.A. Care. 
org. Well, it's, again, pretty good injury report by way of LAFC. They've been pretty blessed when it comes to health. Of course, Luis Lopez, the goalkeeper, has been out all season with the tibial fracture, the stress fracture that's still in recovery. Marco Arena still missing with a facial surgery. He's out for a while. We know that. LA Galaxy, uh, Ralph Felcher still out with a shoulder surgery. He's looking at months of rehab on that. And Gio Dos Santos still has an undisclosed injury. You just don't know. It's been such a uh, up and down when it comes to Gio. How about the opponents for those two teams this week? Well, on Monday, the Galaxy take on the Impact in Montreal. It's a special holiday in Montreal, so it's a 12 o'clock, I think, local time, our time kickoff. Jason Vargas, that's a tough injury for Montreal Impact. He is so good, the new signing, and uh, he's going to be out for a while. So that's, yeah, you don't want to, you'd hate to see him miss because he's an exciting player. For Portland Timbers, who take on LAFC tomorrow, you'll hear it right here beginning at 1130 for the pregame on ESPN LA 710. They have uh, Vitas and uh, Bill Tuoloma, who have been struggling with injury, the defenders, they both played for Timbers 2 a little bit today. So obviously, you well, I shouldn't say obviously, you don't expect to see them on the game coming up for Portland tomorrow with LAFC. But it does also mean that Vitas and a guy like Bill Tuoloma, who had had an injury, they're also coming back soon for Portland Timbers, but they will likely be out for the game, of course, against LAFC tomorrow. So that is your LA Care injury report. Not too bad, again, as we said, for both teams, realistically, as they start to get healthier. Hopefully that will continue. Now, we have the winners for the giveaway, right, Mario Rees? The phone line's jammed up, and we appreciate that. Uh, we do have the winners of the four-pack of tickets for LAFC taking on Borussia Dortmund. You can get your tickets at SeatGeek.com. SeatGeek.com. Go check that out. It's going to be incredible. Of course, Borussia Dortmund has the great Christian Pulisic, and he's going to be playing for Dortmund at Bank of California Stadium. That is going to be a lot of fun coming up Tuesday. That's Tuesday, May 22nd, so it's already just days away here. So I'm looking forward to that one myself, no doubt about it. Always fun. Hey, uh, speaking of LAFC, and maybe even that game, I don't want to say for sure, of course, I haven't officially asked Bob Bradley this, but maybe Adama Diamande, the new signing. Maybe he gets a look. He did get into practice. My spies were there, and they said that he uh, got into a little bit of activity in practice. Nothing huge. Of course, the recent signing coming over. Diamande knows Bob Bradley from his time in Norway, so that's all good. Nothing wrong with that, right? So maybe we start to see Diamande get onto the pitch. I can confirm through uh, Vince over at LAFC. I love his work over at LAFC.com. Covers the team. That Diamande is wearing number 99. So that's also pretty cool, actually. <laughs> Not too bad. So that's where the, we stand with the Diamande and LAFC coming up with that game. And it is a big game tomorrow. Again, you'll hear it right here on ESPN LA 710. I'll have the kickoff at noon. Pre-game starts with Pablo Alcina at 1130. It's a massive game. Six unbeaten for LAFC. Four straight wins for Portland Timbers after a rugged start and a ragged start under new manager Giovanni Savarisi, who I love. I think Savarisi is a great manager. Did a lot of good work with Cosmos and the NASL for a number of years. And I think he's definitely the right choice for Portland, but it was an ugly start. But, man, they are on fire. Three straight shutout wins, four straight victories overall. Of course, LAFC, as I mentioned, six games unbeaten. We'll see if they can continue that road success. Four wins out of six on the road, and you'll hear it right here. Can we continue on with the where we're at? Let's do it. It is time for the best part of the show, stoppage time. Stoppage time brought to you by Puente Hill Chevy. Find new roads at Puente Hill Chevy off the 60 freeway in the city of industry. The San Gabriel Valley Chevy store. Say habla espanol. Mario Reyes, what do we got? Stoppage time. Oh, pardon me, Dave. I was just online looking at the LAFC gear, picking <laughs> up a new hat. Um, 
But have you got a chance to get some new uh, gear? Oh, boy. Yeah, you know, before the last game, I snuck into the store there at Bank yeah. of California Stadium. And I saw this great stuff all over, right? You know, for kids, for women, men, everything's yep. great. But I fell in love with this Mitchell and Ness shirt. Oh, man. Yeah. And I love it. One problem. What's that? Mitchell and Ness, they put the size on the outside of all of it. It's like those basketball jerseys. <laughs> There's too many X's for me to be wearing that in public, for crying uh, out loud. Right? Yeah. So, I mean, that's my only – no, look, that's a me problem. That's not that's an LAFC problem, or man. Mitchell and Ness problem. I just don't want that many X's to be shown, right? This looks like a pornographic movie. It's so bad when I wear that shirt. We don't want that, Mario Reese. And again, not an LAFC or a Mitchell and Ness issue. It's gorgeous. It's yeah. a Dave Denholm issue. So that's the problem there. All right. Yeah, yeah. That Mitchell and Ness gear is oh, so man. cool, especially that throwback style that they do. Yeah, I love it. For MLS, absolutely. LAFC, oh, that jacket that uh, LAFC Rich has. Oh, oh, man. Sick, right? It's like butter. Yep, yep. All right, so Alexi Lalas says there's nothing wrong with supporting Mexico in this World Cup, obviously since U.S. is not in the World Cup. What do you think, Dave? Is it okay for us Americans to be uh, supporting Mexico? Oh, Big Red, I love Alexi Lalas. Fine gentleman. He's dead wrong. That is absurd. That's a, <laughs> one of the dumbest things I've ever heard. I, I am not rooting for Al Tree. I love the U.S. men's national team. I want them to lose three straight games. I don't care. But for a Mexican like me, Mexican-American, yes, it's fine. okay. That's yeah. right. But Alexi Lawless was talking about guys like me, American fans, right, US, right. U.S. men's national team fans. I'm not rooting for them. That's like me rooting for the Steelers, for crying out loud. Ridiculous. Come on, Alexi. That's ri- that is absurd. Now, I know why he's doing it. We're trying to, you know, we want people to watch Fox. Of course, and, yeah. You know, like, I mean, I get it, and that's fine, but. People are going to watch the World Cup. Don't worry about it. They're going to be fine, even without the U.S. team in there. No problems whatsoever. I have no problem doing this great show with you each and every week. Follow me on Twitter, at TalkSoccer. Thanks to the great Mario Rees and Michael Funches. This is the home of world football, and I truly appreciate the support here each and every week for Soccer Weekly here. And don't forget, tomorrow's broadcast, LAFC taking on Portland Timbers. I'll have the play-by-play call at noon, pregame at 1130, right here on the home of world football and Los Angeles Football Club here in Southern California. It's ESPN LA 710.